Welcome to the One Life City Church Podcast. Welcome and uh, thank you for joining us. This is the One Life City Podcast and we are in our summer Bible study series. And so we're going through 10 weeks of uh, our, our reading plan and we've invited different guests to reflect on that passage for the day. I am your host for today at least, uh, Pastor Jay Wu. And so our guest today is our lead pastor, Elliot Chung. And so welcome, Elliot. Thank you for uh, joining us on the podcast today. Good to be here. We've had several, there's several passages for today. And so uh, which one did you pick? Yeah, yeah. Um, So I I chose to zoom in on the Matthew 23 um, passage. And but the um, the Chronicles passage and the Samuel's passage was interesting too because like it's pretty much the same story of when Saul dies, mm. and it's like super morbid. <laughs> and, <laughs> but you don't um, want to go there today. <laughs> well, well, this text is pretty morbid too. Uh, so, but I feel like there there might be some like correlations in there because like Saul is a um, he's a king, he's, he's Israel's first king, and he's screwed yeah. up royally, like royally. Pu- pun in, intended um <laughs> and then and then we have this other group of people that is seemingly screwing up really badly and royally and royally too, yes right? yeah and um jesus is talking about that so there's connection there but in some ways like i it relates to the conversation we had last week uh, from matthew 16 mm-hmm. it's kind of same thread um same uh, train of thought Except that it's just toward the end of Matthew. And so I think there's like this um, level of Jesus that he just kind of dials up a little bit, which we could talk, talk about a little bit more. But yeah. um, just found the text to be just super fascinating and super poignant. Well, why don't you take us into the passage um, and then let's let's read it and dig into it. Yeah, let's, let's go for it. Let's do 1 through 15, uh, chapter 23, 1 through 15. Then Jesus said to the crowd, and his disciples, teachers of the law, and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, so you must be careful to do everything they tell you. But do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy cumberstone loads and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Everything they do is done for people to see, they make their physical, uh, that's a difficult word for me, phylacteries. Fi- <laughs> um, but I, I know what it is. I just, it's a hard, yeah, I'm butchering it. But, I think you um, did great. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. Uh, wide uh, the tassels uh, on their garments long. They love the palace, a uh, place of honor and banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all brothers. And do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one father, and he is in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees! You hypocrites, you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. 
Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You travel over land and sea to win a single comfort, and when you have succeeded, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. So, Amen. yeah, so fun, <laughs> fun stuff. Um, <laughs> That's a lot in there, um, yeah. like even just for 15 verses. So let's just start off with observations. Like, let, yeah. Let's kind of like tiptoe into this because... That's some deep stuff right there. But yeah, yeah. so what, what seemed to stand out to you on that? Yeah, uh, I, I am going to call this spicy Jesus. I think this is <laughs> this, this habanero Jesus um, right here. Um, yeah, I, I think some kind of main uh, observations is first 12 verses. Um, he's addressing specifically to the crowd, so the masses and his disciples. Mm-hmm. So it it's, it seems like he's at a public place, most likely a synagogue. So he's he's talking about this. And so it's interesting how he starts off like teachers of the law and the Pharisees, they sit in Moses' seat. So he's kind of giving them a place of kind of recognition, right? And he says like, it's, it sounds good. Like, so you must be careful to do everything they tell you. So far, so good. And then right after that, it's like, but do not do what they do. So like, what they teach sounds good, but don't do what they're doing. So like, it's just this kind of like, like Jesus is totally like just kind of flipping it on them from, so from then on, a lot of them are warnings, right. To his, mm-hmm. to his audience. Yeah. And just talking about how, when they do things, it's, it's almost like a religious show, right. The, the word I could have pronounced by, by Lassiter, he's like, it's like that one thing that holds a Torah kind of on the, I think it like, and it's, it's to rem- so that as a reminder that the word of God is with them all, all the time. And so it's, it's big. And so it's like showy. Um, they love their place of honor, their seats in the synagogues. They love like the accolades that come with it. Um, but then at, right after that, like, it's like, like you yourself don't hold to these titles. And so don't call yourself rabbi. Don't let anyone call you on earth, call you father, which I'm like, okay, I, um, I know this is more on the interpretation, but like I, I'm figuring out what that really means, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, don't nor call uh, let people call you instructors. Um, it's a lot of warnings, right? And then from 13, pretty much till the end of the chapter, there's a person like Jesus changes directions. Like he's he's no longer addressing the the crowd and his disciples, but now he's like directly addressing uh, the Pharisees and. And this is where like things get really dialed up. The rest of the chapter is just as brutal, if not more. Um, the word hell gets mentioned here twice. Like we ended with one of them at, later on. It um, on thirty three. It mentions the word hell again, and it's just really confrontational. This whole tone. There's nothing about it that it is um, safe. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't sound. Um, I don't know, like cordial. <laughs> you know, it's just like. It's very aggressive. Um, it's it's very clear. Uh, Jesus is drawing a very clear line here, and so like I, I feel like th- at least the language is very. It feels very intentional. It's 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 meant to be very poignant. Like hey, like if you don't get it, here it is. I'm gonna be as clear as I can. Um, it's almost like here here are the good guys and here are the bad guys. If you don't yeah. know who the bad guys were, I'm telling you right now. This is the, these are the bad guys. This is why they're bad. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so spicy and, Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> bringing the heat. So yeah. even in that too, like where where do you see a shift in his audience? 
because if it's in the hearing of, of the entire crowd, um, is there a point where Jesus transitions his, his I don't even say attacks, but um, in, in all that he's saying, does, is there a shift and in, in where, where do you see that? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely from um, 12, between 12 and 13. Because mm-hmm. um, before then, when they talk, when Jesus talks about the teachers of the law, the Pharisees, he's addressing them as they, like the, they, they are the teachers and um, and whatnot. And but thirteen, it says, "Woe to you!" And if you didn't know, here they are, teachers of the law and Pharisees. And that that line gets repeated. Um, let's see, in thirteen, fifteen, sixteen. 23 25 27 29 yeah. um uh, he changes the title now a little bit like you're like is no longer uh, woe to you you hypocrites but from 33 it says you snakes you brood of vipers which is reminiscent of john the baptist right mm-hmm. um and so it goes it goes on directly to like you and they like uh, you, you as in like y'all right it's like plural you right until pretty much the end of the chapter, and then twenty four, there's there's a change. Um, so it's a very clear kind of I'm gonna adjust my attention and to this, and it's harsh. It's really yeah. harsh. <laughs> <laughs> so if we could move on to maybe the interpretation and yeah, and so if the scene set right where. You know, he's speaking to the crowds. His disciples are there. There's the teachers of the law, the Pharisees. And and so I just would imagine this being like a super heated encounter. And so if he's if he's starting off addressing, say, the crowds, but he's talking about the Pharisees, can you just imagine if, you know, if you're a Pharisee sitting there like, is he like, is this for real? Like, is Jesus <laughs> yeah. really talking yeah, about yeah. us? Yeah. And then Jesus is flipping the switch and saying, but you, woe to you, you Pharisees, mm-hmm. and and yeah. um, and it's like, did Jesus really just start with the name calling? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, what? How is that? You know, what what seemed to stand out for you as far as just to interpret kind of this whole scene? Because again, it feels loaded, right? Spicy Jesus, he's on the mm-hmm. scene, and yeah, he's, he's stirring some stuff up here. Yeah. Um under all the confrontational language, I think there's kind of very clear, um, clear themes of like the importance of humility that's there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, are very clear themes of like, uh, the dangers of self-righteousness and, uh, the danger, or even like the, just the evil of using religion and spirituality as a form of oppression. I mean, like 13, like you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces it's like that is like what it means to use the Lord's name in vain, you know, of like leveraging religious authority. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that's probably it. Like, and, and the importance of like just being authentic in in what 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 you preach and and, and what you do, like that seems really clear to me too. Because that's the initial kind of like entry point, right? And how Jesus brings up this conversation is like, hey, you do what they tell you to do, but don't do what they do. So like, it's almost as if Jesus is saying, hey, their theology is tight. Like, listen to that, like pay attention to their theology, but don't pay attention to their character. Don't pay attention to how they're treating people, you know, or, and, and things like that. And like one of the things that, speaking of spicy, right? um, like in 23, 
It says, teachers of the law, you woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, um, and it lists a few of them, and then, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Mm. Like that's um, and so the idea of like it's not just about having the right kind of teaching, but it's also having the right type of character, right type of um attitude toward those who are marginalized, how to take care of one another. And I thought faithfulness is really interesting too, like steadfastness, right? Like mm-hmm. how you like stick it through, um, how you um, just write it out. Like I thought that's pretty interesting too. Yeah. So all those themes come to mind as as I'm reading it. But I'm, I'm curious, like just to throw it back to you, like what, what are some things that come, come, come into your mind? Because like this is like really heated stuff. And so like I'm wondering like what kind of like things you – sense or feel from like even just like reading it right now yeah. i know you're the host and i'm supposed to, you're supposed to ask me questions but I'm, I'm, why are you flipping it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like i and this is i think kind of maybe taking a step further um mm-hmm. like i feel like this is uh parallel to kind of the climate that we're in where mm. um everything feels heated and it's it's hypocrisy that seems to be on on display, like on, on a large scale, and and so a lot of the woes is followed with who it is, right? Teachers of the law and Pharisees, hmm. and a direct condemnation of like you hypocrites, hmm. and so yeah. um, and so the boldness of Jesus, I think, to go from you know, I, I kind of wonder too, and that, like if Jesus' intent wasn't necessarily to change the hearts of of the religious leaders, but mm. to call out mm-hmm. right where the sin is and to call out where the hypocrisy is and, and to call it for what it is. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of a, a super bold move on Jesus' end where to really confront the the seat of power and and to call it for what it is. And and he goes, you know, through seven of them, right? And yeah. um and it's just like, I don't know about the whole um seven being the whole, right? Like if, mm-hmm. if we want to go there or not. Um, <laughs> but but it's like Jesus bringing down judgment um, in this complete sense of like, here's where the failure is. And, and mm. can you guys see it? Can you guys be aware to it that, you know, the religious leaders, they have failed in their, um, you know, not just from their teachings, but to their living, that mm. all of it mm. is has led to this, this state of hypocrisy and, and for Jesus to, to essentially like put it on full blast of like, yeah. Hey guys. So, so part of me wonders like, is Jesus really like, he's, he's not necessarily trying to change the hearts of, of the Pharisees, but on display publicly for the audience to see and to know, hmm. um, this has all been wrong. Yeah. So, yeah. Or, or maybe Jesus is like maybe the only way like for them to change their hearts is for them to like be publicly put on blast because they because one of the things <laughs> that Jesus mentions is like you love like the public display of like honor yeah and, and, and you know so it's like in maybe in some ways Jesus is like let me hit you where like it hurts <laughs> you know <laughs> um, and I love that too because it's essentially saying hey I'm gonna go into where you guys feel perhaps the most like where you get the most accolade and, and kind of that, that mm. space of like, mm. like feeling fulfilled or whatever it might be. Jesus yeah. enters into that and, and meddles with kind of their, their framework of what they do. Um, 
And so just as much as the Pharisees enjoy being in that public space, Jesus sits in there with them and calls them out for what it is yeah. um, and, and essentially doesn't shy away from that, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I think that like that becomes even clearer toward the end, like the last couple of woes, like the, the examples that he gives is like, you're like a bowl that's like clean on the outside, but dirty, like didn't get washed on the inside. Like So Jesus is giving like, you know, like uh, dishwashing tips, you know, toward the end. <laughs> and then he, and then he, and this is where we get the, like the text about like, you're like whitewashed tombs, like that comes into play. Or that's, that's one of the um, illustrations that Jesus brings up. And I think in 28, like he, like if you didn't get it, like in the same way on the outside, you appear uh, to people as righteous but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Like, and so he's like, he's very clear about mm. like, hey, this is what I'm calling out here. If you, if you weren't sure. And, um, gosh, it's, it's, it, it's so convicting. Yeah. <laughs> um, so even in that, like, mm-hmm. and so if, if we were to like, you know, a lot of the tension has been on the Pharisees, right. And the hypocrisy. Um, so if he's attacking, you know, the Pharisees mm-hmm. for that, um, could we, take it the other direction and be like, well, what does that say then about God's kingdom? Mm, mm. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Recently I, I, I was um, like, I, I, I won't mention this person. I don't want to embarrass this person, but like I was thinking about this, like this person and I was thinking about how this person is like, so, so consistent with like what they believe and what they try to do as much as they can. Even if it's like, if, even if it goes against against the grains of like typical what we think is like Christian because they're so like so set on like this is what we feel like Jesus is calling us to live or the way that Jesus is calling us to live that they're willing to kind of forego what they previously had um, previously grew up with saying like this is what it means to be a good Christian but they're coming to a point where like I don't know if that's consistent to like what I really feel like Jesus has been teaching Mm -hmm. in scripture and so like it, it maybe this kind of resonates with my Enneagram four of like just the the importance of um, being consistent to like what your core beliefs are with like what your actions are. Like I I feel like that's that's one of the things that Jesus is hinting at here is like if you really believe it, you gotta embody it. Like if you really say you are teachers of the law, um, I, I think it's in the previous chapter that talks about the greatest law and the greatest commandment. Um, you know, like then then you have to like have to live it out that way. And so it's the idea of consistency. Um, but I, but as I say that, I, I feel like there's also like tremendous amount of grace from God and from the Heavenly Father and from Jesus to be like, okay, you're not going to be able to live out your faith consistently. Um, so there's grace in that. But it's, it's almost like the recognition of it, you know, of like, I want you to know how important this is and I want you to pursue it and how important it, how important it is in God's kingdom to have what you believe be really what you embody in this life. I, I think about like the passages of like, they will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. I'm thinking about how, like how in passages of like, how can you tell a false, you know, a false teacher by their fruit, you know, and, and things like that of like, it's what we teach has to be consistent with, with how we embody, how we practice it. Um, and I think that's maybe that's a tone in part. That's a tone switch from like the first part of the chapter to the latter part of the chapter. Mm-hmm. Cause I think the first part of the chapter is more like, Hey, I'm warning you. Like, I, I want you to not, I, I want you not to be, be like the Pharisees, 
but their teaching is solid. You know, so I want, but I, I want a consistency there. And so instead of like ele- elevating um, the actions of the disciples in the crowd, um, Jesus then de-escalates or he lowers the title, lowers like the the honor and all that stuff by saying like, hey, so don't call yourselves rabbi. Like don't call yourselves, you know, don't have anyone call on earth call you father, which like I said, like I'm still figuring that out. I don't know what fully that means. But you know, um, don't don't be called instructors uh, because you have the you have the one instructor, the Messiah. Um, but I, I wonder if this kind of relates to like Second Peter about like the priesthood of all believers. Like in verse eight, you know, it says like you are not to be called rabbi for you have one teacher for you are all brothers and and, and you could, I think you could add sisters there. You are all brothers and sisters. So I wonder if like hey, it's not like you're supposed to elevate one another and like you know just but just you we are all. We all embody the priesthood of of, of, of believers, and I, I wonder if it's I wonder if there's some of that at play too. You know, as you have been sitting with this, like what what would be, you know, one or two applications that kind of you walk away with as you're reading through this? Hmm. Like definitely one one lens that I'm definitely viewing this is just kind of like what it means to be pastor of hmm. of a church. You know, I think being a pastor's kid, I think I always kind of understood the weight of of that title and, and what that means for a lot of people. And, and so, like, I, I know that there's a there's a fair there's a fair warning there, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's 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 not a title or or a role that I, I take lightly. But at the same time, I think in God's kingdom, like it's it's not everything either, right? Like just the idea that of being a pastor that's that's not that's not something that makes me <laughs> better uh, than anyone. I, in fact, like, I don't know, this sounds, this, this is so like, um, this is definitely kind of degrading myself, but like, I, I, I like to think that I'm, I'm the pastor that lowers standards for people. Like, you know, like, <laughs> um, cause like, I, I know how flawed I am, you know? And, and just like, just, just the grace of like, of being able to do what I get to do with people like you and, and Vanessa and Dave and, and Jaylee, who's, who's recording this and, you know, and, and so many other wonderful people of our part of community. Like I, I feel so privileged mm-hmm. and so honored to like do, to do this. So like, it's just this ongoing reminder, like I'm ongoing reminder of just how, um, how important and unimportant like my, my mm-hmm. title and role is. Yeah. Um, and like, I, I, I know in some ways it is like I have to embody in a way where people could feel like, okay, this is, this is somehow like I could follow Jesus like this um, in some way, shape or form. Um, um, but at the same time, I, I can't, I can't lead in a way where people would be like, that's the only way. And that can only depend on that person to, you know, like the, uh, what our success as a pastoral team is for people to be able to have a, um, self-sustaining, vibrant faith life that is done amongst a community of believers. You know, like that's the ultimate goal. Um, that and that isn't necessarily solely dependent on our works and our deeds. Mm. Um, so I, I, I receive both the warning of the Pharisees for myself, but also at the same time I receive I also receive the warning of like Jesus to the crowd and the disciples of like, um, yeah, I, I receive both. Like the the warning for the uh, the Pharisees is make sure I, I just don't like 
what's the word like exploit my my status <laughs> and or you know it just use it as like a of leverage of some kind and 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 the the, the warning for like the crowd and disciples make sure like i don't like i don't elevate myself more than i need to be and just kind of just be yeah. careful of like how how i embody my faith and how i live it out like yeah. lord willing as humbly as possible um so I, so I think that's that's some of what like i'm i'm, I'm processing as yeah. As I hear this, and like, and I think in part two, um, in the back of my mind, I'm also kind of holding like, you know, a couple of weeks, a few weeks ago, there's that the news of the SBC, right, that came out, and mm-hmm. all the stuff with Hillsong and Marcel, you know, like, I'm holding all of that while I'm like, processing this together and holding how our Christianity is viewed in in our society, um, how it no longer has the moral high ground, um, and how it's like perceived and like. So I'm, I'm processing all that as I um, yeah. read this text and, and think about what it means to be me right now and <laughs> in, in, in yeah. this time. And yeah, I, um, I, something to think about what you're sharing stands out where <clears throat> you're in this passage, um, it, it, you know, spicy Jesus, he's doing his thing and it, it's easy to, in a way, almost jump on the band, bandwagon of like condemning the leaders, right, for the mm-hmm. hypocrisy, and and I mean, it's so sharp in the language, and and so so vivid um, that it's easy to to not see where we might fit in that. Mm-hmm. And so, even in application, it could just be like, well, that's their deal, right? And Jesus calling them out for it, but but to allow kind of those warnings to be heeded um, really reflects your character in mm-hmm. in that space of or that posture of humility. And so, man, I'm you know I I. I want to receive it too. <laughs> so um, I, I think like it's a hard space to be in, um, hmm. but it genuinely, I think reflects, you know, who you are, all the work that God's done in you um, and really the gift that we get to receive, you know, in, in your presence here. And so, hmm. man, thank you. Um, you know, thank you for, yes. for how you're, I, I want to say just pastoring, but thank you for, um, you know, kind of the space of, of how you're interacting with God's word and, um, you know, in this passage today. So, well, Elliot, thank you so much for sharing all that and, and, um, you know, even being vulnerable and and kind of where it stands for you. Thank you guys for listening in on today's podcast. Um, we hope you were blessed by it and, um, welcome you to continue joining us, um, both on the podcast as well as, uh, the weekly Bible reading and, um, may the Lord bless you as you be present to his word. Thanks for joining us. This is a podcast of One Life City Church in Fullerton, California. If you would like to connect with us, visit our website at onelifecitychurch.org or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram.